Hey guys, this is Britt. And this is Carrie. And this is Crime Freaks. So welcome to our very first episode. We are so excited to get started and to be sharing all of our weird <laughs> cases <laughs> and our weird personality with you. So let's dive right into it. We're going to be talking about Ed Gein. You may not have heard of him before, but he is actually the inspiration for the movie Psycho, the character Leatherface, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Buffalo Bill. So if that gives you any inkling of what we're going to be talking about. Um, so trigger warning, this is a this is a gruesome one. We're um, coming right out the gates with a, <laughs> with a heavy one. Ed Gein, Edward Theodore Gein, was born August 27th, 1906 in La Crosse County, Wisconsin. So this is a very small town. Population was about 800 at the time when all these murders occurred. He is known as the body snatcher, the butcher to Plainfield, or the Plainfield ghoul. Um, or I would probably call him the Plainfield seamstress would be appropriate. Yeah, I think that would be very... So Ed was seen as shy by his classmates, but very, very odd. He would laugh at his own jokes. Me too, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> and he had like a like a growth over his eye, so they kind of made fun of him for that, which, you know, that's mean, but... <sighs> so they did make fun of him. was very... He was a mama's boy, and... Oh boy, was he a mama's boy. Ooh. So, Augusta is the mother, Augusta Gein, and their father was George Gein. So, George, the father, he was an alcoholic. He was very abusive, not only to Augusta, but to the boys as well. So, a lot of people say that that influenced Ed in becoming the way that he was, but more so his mother. His mother was very domineering, very controlling. They said that she was very, very religious to the point that... She wanted to teach her sons that women were evil and that sex was evil, except for to procreate. The dynamic at home was really bad. Augusta and George would fight. She didn't like the fact that he drank. So she basically hated her husband. And she was the the force in the house, the disciplinary. Um, she ran the grocery store that, you know, fed her family. So Augusta was in charge. She would, you know, teach her boys that women were evil. She would mentally abuse them. Whenever the boys would try to make friends, she would punish them for that. So she wanted to keep them very close to her um, and away from everybody else. Um, so needless to say, but George, their father, actually ended up dying of pneumonia. And after he died, um, the brothers helped out and did small jobs, odd jobs around the house to help the mother compensate financially. So the brother Henry... Henry started dating a divorced woman and a mother of two, which Augusta hated because... Oh, mama would hate that. Yeah, she was against divorce, and she was... Women were evil, and especially the fact that she had kids already. So, Augusta was not happy, um, but Henry planned to move in with this woman anyway. So, Henry, he noticed, like, weird things the weird relationship between Ed and his mom and he would tell people about it and make fun of them and it would just hurt Ed's feelings. So there was some resentment there between the brothers. So actually four years after the father died, on May 16th, 1944, Henry and Ed were, they were burning like brush and marsh on their farm and the farm was 155 acres. So it was a large farm. So it was a large fire. So the fire got out of control. Firefighters came, tried to put it out. During this fire, Ed's brother went missing or 
air quotes, missing. So they did like a whole search for him at night and they said that it was really odd because Ed actually pretty much led them directly to Henry's body. Mm, that's not suspicious at all. Right. Don't be <laughs> suspicious. It looked like Henry had been dead for quite some time. He had a bruise on his head, but they actually ruled it as a heart attack or heart failure. They did no autopsy and no investigation. Hmm. So keep that in the back of your mind for later. So now Ed had his mother all to himself. His dad was dead. Brother's dead. So this made Ed happy that he had his mom all to oh, himself. I'm sure it did. Yeah. All to himself. So, but not, not too long after Henry died, Augusta had her first stroke. So Ed was taking care of her. He was brushing her hair and bathing her, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. So he, he devoted all his time to her and she ended up having a second stroke less than a year later on December 29th, 1945, which is actually my birthday, December 29th. Um, yes, it is the 29th, not the 28th. <laughs> she had a stroke and she died and this absolutely devastated stated Ed. He said, quote, I've lost my only friend and my one true love, end quote, That's which is not creepy at all. Super creepy. Ooh, so after uh, Augusta died, Ed boarded up all the rooms in the house that his mother used the most. So the whole upstairs was blocked off, the downstairs parlor, and the living room. So he kept these rooms boarded up, untouched, perfect, just the way she left it, basically. So all the space that he had to live in was a kitchen and a small bedroom, and I'm assuming the bathroom. So a very small space. Okay, so now with Augusta gone, Ed started obsessing over cannibalism magazines and Nazi magazines, which is very weird. A very strange place to go. Yes. So it's said that in Ed's younger, in his childhood, that he actually would watch his mom butcher a pig and become aroused. So from a young age, he's associating, you know, butchering and pain with sexual arousal. That's a whole nother twisted in itself. So this is when things really take a turn for the worst after his mom dies. So he wants to basically bring her back to life. He misses her so much that he just doesn't want to be in a world that she's not in. So this is where the grave snatching begins. So he begins to dig up fresh corpses. He would watch the newspapers to see who had died. And if they were the right, you know, age and sex, um, he would dig them up and use their skin and body parts to basically construct a human suit, mm -hmm. a, a suit of flesh. <laughs> to wear, which is super creepy. So he would dig them up and sometimes he would take the whole body. Sometimes he would just take the parts that he wanted to. So his goal was, you know, to construct this suit, wear it to either, they think either to be his mother or to be a woman. There was some conflicting, he was conflicted whether he was a boy or a girl. Like, he wanted to be a woman. So, he took the body parts he needed, and he got to the point where he'd done this for, like, 10 years. He was, he had robbed, like, over 40 graves, but it just wasn't cutting it for him anymore. Like, he wanted real, like, fresh skin. So, that's where the murders come in, and he's only ever confessed to two actual murders, which they, they think he's done more, but they, he won't tell. Or wouldn't tell at the time. 
So his first victim was Mary Hogan. She was a tavern owner that had been missing since 1954. Uh, she was 51 years old, and the tavern was like six miles from the farmhouse. Um, so Ed shot her in the head and took her back to his shed, and that's where he, you know, did what, what Ed did. The second victim which was, I think, just a couple years later, three years later. So his first victim, you know, that high took him for three years. That's for it, quite a while. For it to wear off where, mm -hmm. when he was like, okay, I need, I need another fresh body. So Bernice Warden, she owned her own hardware store. Um, there weren't a whole lot of customers in the store that day because they said it was like the first day or the first couple days of deer hunting season. So there, were, there weren't a bunch of people in the store. So Ed actually came in the store um, asking for antifreeze. And they don't believe that he came in there with the purpose to kill her. It was just like opportunity. No one was, no one else was in there. Just became um, the right time. Became the right time. Right. And he didn't bring the gun with him. He actually used the gun that was in the store. So I think he just saw that opportunity and went for it because he, as she was writing out the receipt for the antifreeze, she had wrote his name and antifreeze and that's when he shot her. Oh. So he left like, he left all the signs there, all the trails. That led, that led back to him. So around... Not very smart. No, not smart at all. So at 5 p.m., Bernice's son, Frank, he was actually a sheriff's deputy, came by the oh. hardware store. Yeah. And he saw that there was blood. The cash register was gone. He took the cash register and he saw the receipt. The last receipt that his mom has, had written and it had Ed Gein's name on it. So he had the frame of mind to take the cash register, but not take that receipt with his name yes, on it. <laughs> he did not take the receipt with his name on it. So okay, it wasn't very smart. Obviously not, wasn't not smart. the bright. So they were able to connect the dots very easily. Mm -hmm. So actually he was, Ed was in their, like the local grocery store shopping when they arrested him. So they arrested him and they got the warrant to go and search his home. So that is Ooh. when, <laughs> that that's is when, when all the good stuff happened. Yes, that's when they found all, all of the things. So we'll, we'll talk about all of the things. So the investigators, they get to the house and they can tell like, it's disgusting. It smells, it's has just a horrible smell and soon they're going to see why. So here's just a list of some of the things that were in the house. Okay. So there was a wastebasket made of human skin. Chairs upholstered with human skin. There were skulls on his bedpost. Not creepy. There were bowls made out of human skulls that he would, you know, eat his fruity pebbles out of. There was a corset made of freshly, you know, skinned from the shoulders to the waist that he would wear around the house and dance. There were leggings made of skin, a mask made of human so skin. literal leggings. Literal <laughs> leggings made of skin. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, his fashion style was definitely unique. Mm -hmm. So, they also found Bernice Warden's entire head in, in a burlap sack. And actually, one of the investigators, Art Shuley, he bumped up against something and he thought it was a deer hanging that, that it had killed. And he turns around and it's actually Bernice Warden hanging from the ceiling Ooh. by her feet with her head chopped off. And gutted from, gutted like a deer. Like, all of her organs were gone. Oh, wow. So, very disturbing and just really, a really bad situation. They also found nine, <laughs> nine vulva in a shoebox under his bed. Wow. So, nine 
female genitalia in a box under his bed. Well, then it's... <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say about I that. I don't even know how to respond to that. A belt made of nipples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Mm-hmm. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. A pair of lips. A pair of lips? A pair of lips. And probably the least shocking is fingernails. Mm-hmm. But yes, they, they also said that he would, he confessed to, he also confessed to cutting off like the external genitalia and sewing it to a pair of panties and wearing them. Oh. So that's what makes me feel like he was trying to be a woman or wanted to be a woman. Um, yeah. And you know, he's probably tucking it and just, you know, putting on the panties like he's a woman. Yeah, I could see that. So, yeah, there's and all I mean, that. If you want to be a woman, that is fine. But that's please fine. don't take someone else's vagina. Don't take genitalia. someone else's <laughs> vagina. Because that's not that's not okay. No. Okay. He's telling the investigators, he finally broke down and told them everything that he had done. He was uh, embarrassed, I'm going to say, at first. He wouldn't confess. Mm-hmm. And then Art Shuley, the... Um, the sheriffs that had went to the house and had to see all these horrible things pretty much beat a confession out of him. Well, I'm going to have to say I don't really blame him. Right. Because in those times, it was okay for him to do that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and if I had to see all that, too, <laughs> I don't know that I wouldn't want to do the same thing. <laughs> exactly. And so, actually, the first confession was thrown out because of this. Well, that's the so, only problem that kind of with that. Yeah. But he did end up confessing again okay so at first you know the officers didn't believe that he took the corpses it like dug them up he Mm. thought that they they thought that he murdered all these people oh okay but he said you know go here here and here and check out these graves and you'll see that they're empty gotcha so they did three test graves and the first one was completely empty Mm -hmm. the second one they dug back up he had left a crowbar just a crowbar so Mm. he just you know forgot it And the third grave, some of the body was left. Mm -hmm. He left some of the parts. So at this point, they're like, okay, he's, he's telling us the truth. He's taking these body parts from, from graves. So Art Shelley, he was, he was so messed up by this that he ended up, ended up having heart failure and he died before the trial started or before he was to start trial. He never actually went to trial. Because November 21st, 1957, he was arraigned and on the first count of um, first degree murder. And he pled not guilty by reason of insanity. He did not even, he didn't stand trial. Which is unfortunate (laughs) for the victims. It is very unfortunate. Because I feel like he knew what he was doing. He absolutely knew. I feel like you, you have to know what you're doing to be able to do all of that. Exactly. But he said that he was like in a dazed state or like a possessed state when he was committing these crimes and that he would just snap out of it and not know what he was doing. So they diagnosed him with schizophrenia and they found him not fit to stand trial. So Ed was sent to a mental institution for the criminally insane for the rest of his life and he ended up dying with lung cancer Hmm. at 77 years old. So he got to live to 77 years old. Yes, he got to live to 77 years old. All because, you know, he he wanted to bring his mother back or wanted to be a woman. Wanted to be one of these evil women his mother told him about. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's wanting to be a woman and his mother was teaching him that women were evil. So it's like he's going against his mom. So I don't really quite understand all that. But 
Actually, the, the farmhouse ended up burning down. They suspect arson. They're really not sure what happened, but they really weren't that worried about it because... That's probably a good thing. Yes, they were, they were glad to see it go, honestly. But the Ford sedan, the 1949 Ford sedan that he would use to transport the bodies from the graves to his farmhouse was sold at public auction for $750 mm. at the time, which is about 7000 today, to a carnival sideshow to Bunny Gibson. And he charged $0.25 cents admission to see this vehicle. That he transported the bodies in. So he's making a dime on what Ed did. Right. So Ed's crimes, like I said, inspired the movie Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you may not have heard of Ed Gein before, but I'm sure you've watched one of those movies. So absolutely, that is who inspired it all. (laughs) The real the real psycho. Yeah, yeah that's what... <laughs> actually, that's what... Um, I watched a documentary on Discovery Plus called Edgeen, uh The Real Psycho. Yes. So, yeah. That is uh, the story of Edgeen, And we hope that you like this very first episode. And we hope that you come back next week. Um, it'll be Carrie's week. It'll be my turn. <laughs> so, um, this was our first episode. So, be easy on us. And we hope that you come back... And we hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) And we'll see you later.